Hi everyone, I'm Gary Nall. Nice to have you with us today. We have an empowering hour coming at you. We begin with a study from Chinese University of Hong Kong. It's about red onions and why red onion is your most powerful healing onion. And there's a lot of sweet onions, Vidalia onions, Maui onions, but the red onion is top of the list. Why? Because it can help prevent heart disease. Do you remember years ago, I started going through each one of the superfoods and what they can do, like an apple day keeps the doctor away. And then I explained what's in the apple, like quercetin and polyphenols and the hyaluronic factor. And then other foods also can do something specific. They're functional foods. They function in a specific way in your body. Well, the onion can lower blood pressure. It can kill different bacteria and viruses in the mouth and the colon. And that's very good. And uh, it's great to help in the prevention of colds and flu. A half of a sweet onion a day, you dice it up, run it under cold water. And if you do that, then some of the volatile uh, oils in it, you won't be ending up having some indigestion. Some people do. They can't eat it. I can't eat onions. It's my stomach. But you can if you run water for about 30 seconds over it. And you want to add a different type of mouthfeel to a meal. Simply put it in green, uh, brown rice or quinoa and as a raw onion in a cooked dish. It changes the consistency of the meal. It gives you a different mouthfeel, something crunchy versus something soft. And, but now, scientists have claimed that the humble red onion can help prevent heart disease. They've discovered that the vegetable helps remove bad cholesterol from the body, which can cause heart attacks and strokes. At the same time, red onions retain the body's good cholesterol, the HDL, the bad is the LDL, low-density lipoprotein, which helps protect against heart disease. So, they are just, you know, they're looking at a red onion, good cholesterol, it creates, and meat, sugar, creates the bad cholesterol. Just something to think about. Now, for those of you who believe in the power of meditation and different uh, Qigong techniques, meaning moving energy, well, Tai Chi, T-A-I-C-H-I, is one of the most commonly used meditative practices in the world. If you go to China, everywhere in China, every morning, they're up at sunrise doing Tai Chi. Well, now we've learned from a new study that enhanced Tai Chi can improve cognition, executive function in older adults, meaning over the age of 40, with mild cognitive impairment. And this was done at Oregon Research Institute. They took a look at 300 older adults experiencing mild cognitive impairment. Where did I put my keys? Did I turn off the stove before I left? Simple things like that. And they found that it does make a difference. All right? And you can do it for like a half hour, and it loosens your body, it stretches you, it's very slow motion. But there are lots of classes you can take now. Do you remember when we once were told to have some alcohol every day? Have a glass of alcohol. And it wasn't specific, so people thought, well, I can have a beer, I can have wine, I can have bourbon, gin, vodka. Turns out you can't take any amount of alcohol with it damaging, without it damaging your liver, kidneys, your heart, and your brain. In fact, you could lose over a million of those cells. We think, well, but Gary, I've got hundreds of billions of those cells. Yes, and that's why you've heard me say that one glass of alcohol is not going to create sclerosis to the liver, one smoking of a cigarette is not going to cause lung cancer and emphysema, one hamburger is not going to raise your cholesterol to a death level. But now, that's not what people do. It becomes a normal part of your living. So what about the 3,000 drink of alcohol? Oh, then you can't process nutrients in the liver. Or you cannot conjugate and get rid of toxins out of the body so easily because those cells are dead. And they're dead forever. Well, now, I did a series of programs on radiation that there's no such thing as a safe level of radiation. None. Well, this has just been confirmed by the University of California at Berkeley. 
x-rays raise children's childhood risk of leukemia. That's right. A new study by researchers at the University of California Berkeley School of Public Health has revealed that diagnostic x-rays that chiropractors give routinely, doctors give routinely, and it's not always because you need them. It's because it's part of what we call defensive medicine. Over-test everyone. Give them all kinds of expensive tests, frequently invasive tests they don't need. So if you're ever sued, you can say, well, I recommended that and did that. It leads to iatrogenesis, or medically induced disease. And what they found is that diagnostic x-rays can increase the risk of developing childhood leukemia. Specifically, they found that children with acute lymphoid leukemia had almost twice the chance of having been exposed to three or more x-rays in their young life. And uh, so, you know, I realize there are times when you have to have an image inside the body. Do MRIs, because MRIs are a whole lot different upon the body than CAT scans. And a lot of people do CAT scans, don't need them, and that can create cancer. And for B cell, even one x-ray was enough to increase risk of leukemia. So, just something to think about, all right? Because we're over-diagnosed and over-treated. Now, something you can do for yourself, according to Oregon State University, the omega-3 fatty acids show promise against liver disease. Research findings reported in EMBO Molecular Medicine suggest adding omega-3 fatty acids to the diets. You can do it as a vegan or from fish. And uh, with non-alcoholic liver conditions can make a big difference. And we've got a lot of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because of high fructose in the diet. And that increases the risk of fibrosis, cirrhosis of the liver, liver failure, and liver cancer. So that sweet drink you're drinking, you can lead to liver cancer. All right, that's the latest study on that. And from the University of Birmingham in the United Kingdom, protein in a reaction is causing rare but deadly vaccine-related clotting a mechanism that led some patients to experience cases of deadly blood clotting following uh, some types of COVID vaccination have been identified in new research. In a paper published in Blood, the peer-reviewed journal, scientists from the University of Birmingham, funded by the National Institutes of Health and Care Research and the British Heart Foundation, have found uh, the identity of how these blood clots form. And in this disease, known as vaccine-induced immune thrombocytopenia and thrombosis occur. It's just the latest study and uh, to show this, and the team used blood taken from healthy donors as well as serum plasma from patients with the ITT and have been able to learn from this how all this combines. Just letting you know that there's a concern about this. And improving your deep sleep can help prevent dementia from Monash University in Australia. As little as 1% reduction in deep sleep per year for people over 60 years of age translates into a 27% risk of dementia. 1% reduction in sleep per year. Well, that's almost everybody has reduction in sleep. You get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, um, or you maybe ate too late in the evening, and your body's in an anabolic state, creating energy, keeps you awake, or you got stress, and you're thinking about stuff, 1% reduction in sleep, deep sleep per year, can increase 27% risk of dementia. Just saying. All right? That's the latest on health and healing. We're going to take a break. And I'm doing a little shorter on uh, health and healing today because I'm going to be interviewing... Uh, a person who started a very interesting project about caring for children's health. And, uh, and she, more than anyone else in the United States, has informed the, you and I and everyone else about the dangers of things that children come into contact with. And so she decided to go out and test all the top 10 fast food restaurants to see, is the food healthy? Is it nutritional? 
And are there chemicals in there that we don't know about that could adversely help, uh, affect our health? That interview is going to come in a few moments. So please stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Knoll. We have a really interesting discussion coming up. It'll be a long discussion. It'll be about 30 minutes. But for all of you who have children or those of you who care about the health of children, this is new information. And it's about all the fast food chains. And it numbers which nutrients are not there, which chemicals are there, how that affects your kids. By a person who's not a scientist, a concerned mother. And boy, do we need more of those. So that's coming at you. But right now, I'm going to do something. I'm going to play a clip by one of two honest individuals who served in the armed forces, Colonel Douglas McGregor. And he's saying cut our losses now because Russia is playing us and all the money we're spending is wasted. It's stolen. They cannot win. But listen to what he has to say. Now listen to members of Congress lie about it. Everything coming out of Washington, the Pentagon, are lies. And he knows. He and Scott Ritter, the only two voices worth listening to. Here is Colonel Douglas McGregor. Chinese don't have a long history with big navies. <laughs> They're not a naval power. Now, Japan is, but the Chinese are not. And I, I just don't think people appreciate that those are not the problems. Our problem is very simple. We have been ignoring the needs and the interests of the American people for decades. You know, when I saw Joe Biden send this tweet out that he, he was announcing that every Hawaiian uh, who had lost property in the was going to get $700. Well, I don't want to be nasty, but 700 bucks is going to take you very far for much of anything. And the notion that that is, is what, what we're doing for those people is incomprehensible. How many hundreds of millions are we shipping right now to Ukraine? About 780 million. The Ukrainian army is, is absolutely annihilated. There's not much left. They've got about 37, 38 brigades under strength, all along this long banana-shaped front where the Russian defenses are located. We have been urging them to attack, which is just stupid, because in the meantime, the, the Russians have put out millions of mines. They have three layers of defense. I mean, this is not brain surgery. Yeah. You, you don't hurl yourself into that. And then they think they may have six or seven full-strength brigades in reserve. So that's maybe 25, 28,000 troops in reserve. The Russians have 300,000 troops in reserve they've never used. They have thousands and thousands of rockets and missiles and artillery ammunition. They are loaded with all the things they need to crush Ukraine. So people say to me, well, if that's true, then why hasn't Vladimir Putin done this? And I'll tell you why he hasn't done it. Because he looks at the Ukrainians as Orthodox Christians. Slavic Orthodox Christians, just like his own people. And he doesn't want to kill them. Now, that seems incomprehensible, especially if you listen to all the propaganda that is poured oh, into yeah. everybody's ears. Putin is evil. Putin's a war criminal. Oh, come on. Give me right. a break. Right. And then there's this Zelensky character who used to play the piano with body parts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a despicable sort of human being who runs around and everybody says, oh, he's the Churchill of the 21st century. Boy, <laughs> they fall. This guy and his pals are going to disappear one night. They're all going to fly off to Venice, Miami, <laughs> Cyprus, and retire on billions that they've stolen. Mm -hmm. And almost a fourth of the equipment, sometimes as much as a third that we've sent over there, has disappeared. It's yeah. vanished. This is the land of corruption. We've got a friend who was in Mexico, and then he was in Ukraine. Came back, he said, Doug, Mexico looks pretty good compared with Ukraine when it comes to corruption. And we've wow. lost 60,000 children. Yeah. You were talking about Atlanta. We've been down that road in Atlanta with lost children. Yeah. And, and we now have this, this movie, The Sound of Freedom. It is horrific. I can't even imagine where those children are and who is abusing, and I, I don't even want to go down that road, but the truth is Americans need to know this. 
And so I've been saying over and over and over again, this is not going to change. They're not going to, they're not going to win the Ukrainians. And ultimately the Russians will continue to push West. They'll wait for a while and then they'll go West. And if we're really stupid, they'll march all the way to the Polish border. It may not happen this fall, could happen in the spring. It's not something they want to do. But Putin has no one to talk to. I mean, what do we, every time we say we're going to talk to him, well, the first thing he has to do is promise to withdraw all Russian forces immediately. Right. And then bend over and kiss his ass and tell us that we're the kings and we're the rulers and he has to abide by our rules, whatever they are. Nobody's completely figured out what this rule-based order is other than something we set up, we dominate, we decide. And we don't want to give any of that up. We, we want to continue to be able to bully the world in financial terms, political terms, and military terms. It's going to get tough because the military we have now is a shadow of what it was 30 years ago. Colonel, if I could ask you one thing real quick, I know we're almost out of time, but uh, back in World War II, I read that our best generals collectively decided that we would never physically invade the Russian lands, the Russian landmass, that whole area, Eastern Europe. We would never get caught up and mired up in that. And now it seems like we've had a complete flip-flop with the general and flag officers. What happened? What's the state? of our general officer corps right now that's probably twice as big as it was back then. Oh, yes. I mean, we have 43, 44 four-stars, generals and admirals. For uh, a force of 1 million, 1.1 million uh, people in uniform in the United States Armed Forces. In World War II, in 1943, when we were at the height of the war, we had 12.2 million people in the armed forces. We had seven four-stars. I can tell you who they were. I mean, it's very easy. George Marshall, Douglas MacArthur, Hap Arnold. Omar Bradley. Uh, Omar, well, no, he, he, that comes after the war. These people were promoted when the war was well over. Roger. Uh, my, my point, and Nimitz and, and uh, Leahy and, uh, and Eisenhower and uh, uh, Nimitz, Leahy and, and King, the chief of naval operations, they ran the show. They did a pretty damn good job. It wasn't perfect, by the way. War never is. It's a very messy business. You're dealing with millions of people. You don't know what they're going to do. But the point is, what we've got now is a joke. Right. We look like a banana republic. And all these decorations for what? Sitting in the green zone while soldiers go out and are blown to pieces on patrol? Now, I don't know how American soldiers, Marines, sailors, airmen put up with it. I don't know how they do it. Well, Colonel, we appreciate you taking time to be on the show. It's been an honor. It's been something we've been really excited to have you on because I know but we all follow you. You're not going to do it again, right? Is that what you're going to tell oh, me? Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Come on every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, we'll make you a regular guest. Zen Honeycutt. She is the founding executive director of Moms Across America. That's a nonprofit national coalition of unstoppable mothers who are committed to improving the physical health and emotional well-being of children. Moms across America have organized over 1,000 events in every single state to raise awareness about GMOs, genetically modified organisms, food toxins, and other environmental risks that threaten children and family health. Zen and her organization organized the first glyphosate roundup testing in the United States to successfully petition Costco to remove roundup from its store shelves. Her organization's most recent endeavor, along with Robert Kennedy's Children's Health Defense, was to study 21 of the nation's most popular fast food brands and discover alarming levels of toxic chemicals and very limited nutritional ingredients, junk foods. Zen is the author of the book, Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and the Struggle into Empowerment and Celebration of Community. She's the director of the film, Communities Rising, and more recently launched the Neighborhood Food Network to create a parallel healthy food system at the grassroots level in local communities. Her organization's website is Moms, acrossamerica.com. Nice to have you with us, Suzanne. Thank you, Gary. It's an honor to be with you and your listeners. That's such a pleasure.
organization conducted a study to measure the presence of toxic chemicals in many of our nation's most popular fast foods and also to measure their nutritional quality. Let's begin with you sharing these alarming results, especially con concerning the prevalence of very toxic substances in metals, as such as glyphosate and other chemicals, agricultural pesticides, herbicides, cadmium, and lead. And once this goes into the body, these chemicals are not easy to get out. Chemistry therapy can take some out, but 99% of people won't even know what it is or how to do it. We assume that the food we eat is, if not healthy, at least it's not going to cause disease. And boy, are we wrong on that. And then there were some more weird ones, such as the every contraceptive, which I would like to speak about as a potential endocrine disruptor in children. We have all these forever chemicals, they're now called, that end up in a person's body and they can disrupt hormones, they can cause electrical and chemical imbalances to the heart. So the form is yours to take us on your discovery. Yes, well, absolutely. I'd like to talk about all of these things that we tested for. And I want to say, first of all, we did test for uh, the top 20 plus one fast food brands. We added it in and out because in and out claims to be a healthier version of fast food, or people see it as that. And we have some board members in California that insisted to add in in and out. And we tested them fast food because we found in our testing last year, which you can find on momsacrossamerica.org, of school lunches. We tested 43 school lunch samples that in that process we learned that fast food restaurants are often the main suppliers of school lunch meals for our children. We found this appalling and, uh, and was this was confirmed to us by the USDA and the School uh, Nutrition Association, both of which we met with last week. And uh, we are appalled to know that, that the fast food suppliers are the ones primarily providing food to our children. So we tested not only the school lunches and the, the toxicity in the school lunches are abysmal. You can see those results on momsacrossamerica.org. This past month, we also tested fast food. And the results, as you first mentioned, for heavy metals were really shocking. 100% uh, of the fast food samples tested contained alarming levels of cadmium the levels of cadmium were between 74% and 1,158% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. Cadmium is highly carcinogenic and can cause toxic reactions even at very low levels. And in and out French fries actually have the highest levels of cadmium. And this is because potatoes are in the ground and they absorb heavy, heavy metals. And actually when a, a farmer or supplier tries to use healthier types of chemicals instead of conventional farming where they can use direct chemicals, you know, directly into the soil. If they try to use manure, that often unfortunately comes from confined animal feeding operations and there can be heavy metals found in that manure, even if it's organically grown. Uh, you can have higher levels of heavy metals in the ground and in the potatoes, sweet potatoes and french fries. We also found that 100% of the samples had high levels of, or, or had levels of, of uh, of lead, 100% of the samples had levels. Some were low levels, but still uh, any level is unsafe, especially in children. And the highest level of lead was 912% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water, and that was found in a sonic cheeseburger. Uh, lead can collect in the bone marrow and the meat of large animals. Arsenic was also detected in 17% of the food samples, and the highest level of arsenic was found in a Panda Express orange chicken and white rice at 362% higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. And we have a Moms Across America member whose uh, husband is a trucker, and she said that he had to get a hazmat license in order to transplant chicken feed. And this is because the levels of arsenic are so high in the chicken feed, and it, it makes their stomachs bloat, and they uh, eat more, so they get fatter faster when there's arsenic in the chicken feed. And of course, arsenic is highly toxic to human beings. So we are extremely concerned about the heavy level, the heavy metal levels in fast food and in school lunches. And according to Dr. Michelle Perro, who went to the congressional briefing with us in DC, she did some research and she found that TSCA, which is a, an act that was passed by the EPA to prevent uh, poisoning, you know, in um, baby products and household products and things like that of different types of toxins well heavy metals is included in that so according to the epa's own policies 
school lunches and fast food should be banned. Back in the 1970s, I received a call from a person who was one of the founders of Hollywood, Gloria Swanson. Have you ever heard of Gloria Swanson? Yes. She, along with Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Irving Sr. and Mary Pickford, indeed, every person founded United Artists. Anyhow, she was, uh, she was very active, and she called and said, can you create a program for the schools up in Harlem where at least they, they have an opportunity to have something healthier than the fare that they're eating? I said, fine. We worked together, and, uh, and it succeeded. And because of her celebrity status and her connections, it didn't get locked up in some bureaucratic uh, way station. And it was very successful, so successful that other schools began to take on the same idea. So there was a period of time where people like Dr. Feingold and Alexander Schaus and Schellenthaler and some others were saying, it's, it's not enough just to feed your child three times a day. You've got to be conscious of chemical sensitivities. So food coloring agents and plasticizers and emulsifiers and binders and excipients, those, they said, get out of the food. And the more processing you do to a food, the less nutritious it is and the more toxic it is. So we actually had a group of women from Boston who contacted me and had them on the show, and they started a movement to get healthier food for children by showing what was wrong, going into supermarkets and showing. Here's the ads for Saturday morning television, and we showed them. And it was always for junk food, sugar-coated junk food. Yes. And so that began a movement. And for about 10 years, it was very popular. And then, like a lot of things, it kind of fell by the side. Today, we have more obesity in children, more inner ear infections, more autoimmune conditions in children than ever before. We have the highest number of cases of adult-onset diabetes in children, not diabetes 1. But adult diabetes and obesity. percent of our children now have either obesity, diabetes, or a chronic illness, more than half. And this, this is preventable. So yes. I, I want you to take a look at the second part of this. Mm-hmm. We are conditioned by propaganda everywhere to be impulsive in our choices not reasoned, not thinking, not reading labels, not asking, is this something that's going to help my body flourish? Is this good for my heart, my brains, my muscles? Will this keep the excess calories out of my diet? And none of that exists within the major institutions. It doesn't exist on Wall Street. It doesn't exist in corporate America. It doesn't exist in government agencies. It doesn't exist in the media. The media is profiting from all these ads for things that do not help us but actually harm us in turn. And then what irony, you show ads of what a kid or an adult should eat and no longer can you just eat something that's healthy, you have to eat something that is excessive. It's called product differentiation. What difference one product from another is excess. So they have hamburger and bacon and then hash browns and then uh, some kind of sausage. They just keep putting everything upon this and expect the body to be able to absorb this. And the reality is, one tablespoon of meat, one tablespoon, is all you need to meet your meal requirements for protein. And yet, people are eating all this extra protein, is causing disease to the liver, the kidneys, urea, and ammonium byproducts. So, take us through what you found is the nutritional value of these foods. You've told us, and I thank you for the chemicals that are in there. That can well, that was just one disease. batch of chemicals, Gary. It, it, that was just one batch. We did four test results releases. Three of them were just about the chemicals. So, if, if you don't mind, if I could touch on those first. Sure. And then, and then we'll get into the, um, yeah, so real quick, we also tested for 104 veterinary drugs and hormones. And um, there were three found in t- the top 10. We only tested 10 because it's very expensive of the samples. Six out of 10 or 60% contain monosin, which is an antibiotic 
which is not approved for FDA use. It caused, has been shown to cause severe harm when consumed by humans. Four out of 10 or 40% contain naricin, which has been shown to cause anorexia, diarrhea, depression, um, heart and skeletal muscle problems. And it, it's extremely toxic to uh, particularly horses and dogs at very low levels. And it can cause their hind legs to go dysfunctional. And uh, I, I'm very concerned about this, these particular antibiotics being in our food supply because I hear from everybody and their brother that they have either restless leg syndrome or neuropathy. I myself have had neuropathy. And so, you know, where's that coming from, right? I'm wondering if it could be connected to this antibiotic be, in, being in not just fast food, but maybe restaurant food that uh, causes the hind legs of horses and dogs to go dysfunctional. What is it doing to human legs? I, it's just a theory of mine. And then the, the most uh, disturbing one that we found was an antiparasitic. It's used to treat cocositis in poultry. How, however, it cannot be used in, in egg-laying birds because it causes the egg-laying birds to stop laying eggs. It's actually a known contraceptive. So it can only be used in meat birds, and that's why it was found in a Chick-fil-A sandwich. So uh, th this is extremely concerning. Now, Granted, all of these levels were very low and did not exceed FDA, you know, requirements. However, no one knows how often somebody is eating this food, especially our children who are eating school lunches every day. And for some of them, it's the only meals they get. You know, how much is this accumulating in their bodies? Could having an aviary contraceptive on practically a daily or weekly basis be impacting our children's health? So we're extremely concerned about that. And then we did Further, glyphosate testing, if anybody's been following us, you know that we initiated the first glyphosate testing back in 2013 in America, and we found glyphosate in our tap water, breast milk, and children's urine. After that, many different organizations started testing for glyphosate, even the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. And what they found in grocery store food was that only 60% of the grocery store food on average was positive for glyphosate. We found in fast food 100% positive for, for glyphosate. And we all know now, or may, maybe many of your viewers know, glyphosate is a known carcinogen. 144,000 people have sued Monsanto, won $12 billion. Um, you know, it's been known to be connected to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's a brand new study, I can send you a link, showing that it is uh, very strongly linked to the causation of leukemia in uh, children, uh, it, exposure to glyphosate. It's been shown to uh, increase dementia and depression. It's a neurotoxin, it causes nervous system damage, it damages the reproduction system, it destroys sperm, and it can cause the androgenization of baby girls, meaning it lengthens the distance between their anogenital distance and it causes them to be more masculinized. So we found 100% of the fast food samples positive for glyphosate and 76 positive 76% also positive for harmful pesticides. And nobody's doing a synergistic testing, you know, of what happens when you combine those pesticides with glyphosate and or, you know, veterinary drugs and hormones. So just to wrap up the toxicity uh, testing that we did, uh, we, we, we also have phthalates that's coming soon. We have more results that are coming soon from another lab. So clearly, Fast food is toxic, it's poisoning and slowly killing Americans, and that sums up the toxicity. I don't know if you want to comment further on the toxicity, and then I can get to the minerals. I'm just saying more people who have chemical sensitivities that the mainstream medical community is not recognizing because they haven't been trained in it. It's called environmental medicine. It's been around a long time. Dr. Theron Randolph founded it. and. Uh, and now we're seeing sensitivity to electromagnetic frequency, smartphones, smart meters on homes, computers. We're oversaturated with 5G, the internet of all things. So you've got chemical sensitivities from foods. You've got electromagnetic frequency causing problems, neurological problems, muscle problems. I just worked with a person who couldn't function any longer. This is a very smart and well-known writer. And now they're they detoxified, moved out of that environment where they had all that happening. And not a single thing is being discussed anywhere by the Surgeon General or the FDA or the CDC about preventing any of these things. In their mind, everything is, everything in moderation is fine. Well, it's not. A moderate amount of a toxin is still toxic. Could you go now to the nutritional aspect? 
Yes, absolutely. So we tested for uh, minerals, and it was over a dozen minerals, and the mineral content of the fast food was clearly much lower than what was needed to meet the recommended daily requirements of calcium, potassium, manganese, copper, zinc, and iron. And just for example, is example, copper is essential for brain function. Children with autism who um, you know are tested, they are inevitably almost always they have an imbalance of copper and zinc. That is something that is uh, indicative of autistic behavior and violent behavior, by the way. And at 1.4 parts per billion per gram of copper detected in Chick-fil-A sandwiches, just our Chick-fil-A nuggets, um, a person would have to eat nine servings of chicken nuggets to receive sufficient copper. And um, also zero amounts of vitamin B9 and 12 were detected in any of the top food to, uh, top 10 fast food samples and deficiencies in these vitamins can lead to fatigue, digestive issues, cardiac health, and nervous system disorders, as well as erratic behavior, which of course we are seeing in children across the board. You know, it's, I believe it's now one out of 36 children have autism in America, and that number is rising every day. Uh, we also saw that there were such low levels of vitamin B3 that a woman would have to consume 333 Chick-fil-A sandwiches to meet her recommended daily intake of vitamin B3 in a day, and a man would have to consume 380 Chick-fil-A sandwiches. On average, a person would have to consume 74 fast food meals in one day in order to receive the recommended daily intake of vitamin B3. That's from all of the ones we took. Chipotle, across the board, had the best results of no, almost no glyphosate, very low levels of glyphosate, um, higher vitamins, higher minerals, and we believe that's because they made a commitment a long time ago to um, to use non-GMO ingredients and organically grown ingredients. Um, but in general, that you still need to eat multiple meals, um, if not up to 74 or 380, as I said, of these meals in order to receive recommended daily intake. And the impact of not having vitamin B3 is connected to violent and aggressive behavior. And I'd like to talk more about that unless you, you have something else to say about the about the mineral intake. Please do. So vitamin B3, we specifically wanted to test vitamins, which was very expensive, by the way. It was about like $800 per sample. That's why we only did the top 10. Um, but vitamin Bs are very important because there have been had multiple studies showing that a deficiency of vitamin Bs leads to aggressive and violent behavior. And Gary, I'm sure your listeners are well aware that America is the most violent country in the world. We're hearing about war all across the country, but deaths by assault in America are by far much higher here in America on a daily basis than anywhere around the world. And so we are extremely concerned that this lack of nutrition in our food and the toxicity of the pesticides and heavy metals that contribute to depression, and then people taking you know, SSRIs, antidepressant drugs that can trigger homicidal and suicidal thoughts. That's been well documented. Um, we believe that is what's happening in America. For instance, uh, Dr. Barbara Reed Stitt, she's a Lifetime Achievement Award winner, winner, wrote a book called Food and Behavior, A Natural Connection. And she studied criminals, parolees, and serial killers in high school dropouts for 20 years. And her studies were on average at least a year long in prisons and high schools. And what she found across the board, the one thing that they all had in common was not their race or their socioeconomic background. It was the fact that they bragged that they lived on junk food. Like all I eat is, you know, for instance, I'm, make, I'm just making this up, but they would say something like all I'm eating is uh, Hot Pockets and Coke, you know, or pizza and, and Pepsi. And so they were nutritionally deficient. She tested them and found that they were devoid of vitamin Bs. And Bs are essential for the prefrontal cortex part of the brain, which involves good decision making. And when she switched out the foods in the prisons and the high school, uh, or multiple high schools, she found that the in the prisons, the recidivism rate switched. Instead of 70% going out and coming back in, that's called the recidivism rate, 70% stayed out. And in the high school of 5,000 kids, instead of 500 dropping out every year, only 14 dropped out. And a significantly higher number of them went on to go to college. Furthermore, another study did just, it was a double-blind placebo study. They gave um, prisoners, some of them got nothing, you know, um, placebo minerals and supplements. Others got actual minerals and supplements. I, I'm guessing, I don't know it. I'd like to see more of the study that it, they may have included vitamin Bs. 
uh, but they got vitamins and minerals. And the group that got the vitamins and minerals had a 37% drop in aggressive behavior in a very short period of time. So there's been repeated studies. And additionally, an animal study out of University of Strasbourg showed some very disturbing behavior going on. A farmer was concerned that the hamsters in his monocrop corn field, we know what that means, monocrop corn, you know, most likely, they didn't say it was GMO, but most likely GMO, but uh, definitely use pesticides and fertilizers for monocrop uh, crops. Not, It's not diverse. The soil was se severely deficient. It was like sand is what they recorded. And these hamsters were found to be cannibalistic. The mothers were eating their young on the first day of life. And when they tested the cannibalistic hamsters, they found that they were completely devoid of guess which vitamin? Vitamin B3. And when they administered the vitamin B3, just that one vitamin, the cannibalistic behavior completely stopped. So Gary, when I saw this study a couple of years ago, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. I said, this, this is what's happening in America. We, our food is nutritionally de deficient, and because of that, we have poor decision-making happening in America. We have depression happening. We have suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts, and on top of that, kids are, you know, it's a huge percentage of children and teens that are medicated with SSRIs and antidepressants, which lead them to uh, aggressive and violent behavior. So I don't think we need to really be focusing on more gun laws that criminals are not going to follow anyway, given the example, you know, just we just had a school shooting a few days ago in a college, right? 23 people killed. That criminal did not care about gun laws. What we need is to have nutrient-dense, non-toxic, safe food for all Americans, and we need to have, if necessary, supplementation to make sure people's uh, bodies are receiving the vitamins and minerals that they need. I would agree with that. Um, the irony of it is, the average citizen, and we're talking about over 250 million Americans have uh, guns, they're not the ones going out there killing people. Criminals are. Yes. And people, peep, peep, you could put, you could take every American who owns a gun who's just a normal citizen, take all their guns, it wouldn't drop any of the crime, it would increase because those now uh, have an advantage to criminals. Look at it like this. And then this is the larger metaphor, and we're not focused on this when we should be. When you take away the laws to protect a person in their home or in the, in the public uh, commons, and you take away the laws to protect a small store owner, and you make shoplifting no longer a, an offense, and suddenly we have a huge spike over $200 billion in stolen merchandise in the last 12 months alone. All across America, thousands of businesses are going under because they can't stop, they're not allowed to stop the criminal. And this is not the average person. The average person will not still even give them the opportunity because they know it's morally wrong. And so you see the people who are the never-do-wells, and we have them in every segment of society, from the richest billionaires, you know, the oligarchs, to the poorest persons, we have a certain number of people who don't care about people, don't care about consequences, are not afraid to do something, and that's a small segment of society, and they're the ones who cause the problem, and yet we're trying to protect them and their rights instead of protecting the law-abiding citizens. It's just, it's schizophrenic. But adding it into your equation, I remember the 1970s, or in 1976, it was a, a guy named Alec, Dr. Alexander Schultz and uh, Strauss, excuse me, Strauss, and uh, a man named Schoenthauer and a Barbara Reed um, from Ohio who went into a prison system and they took away sugar and dairy. That's exactly and, what I just mentioned. Yeah, Barbara Reed's dead. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I interviewed her a lot back then. And, uh, and the prison violence went way down. Well, now in New Jersey, at the New Jersey penitentiary, close to Manhattan, uh, Dr. Philip Hodes and I were asked to help the people in the prison during the AIDS epidemic if we could help them because they were just, they were all malnourished and the medications they were on were just creating massive amounts of immune conditions because these were antiviral substances. We took them on a healthy diet. We got the we gave them supplements, 
Plus, we gave the prison a menu, and they made a special menu to their, you know, good for them, for the prisoners. Do you know not one prisoner died? They got their health back. They were still HIV positive, but they no longer were dying because of the diet we gave them and the fact that they knew now that HIV was not automatically a death sentence. And unfortunately, that did not translate to the rest of the prison system. And it was not easy. You have no idea how difficult it was because their vendors, who make an enormous amount of profit by lowering the quality of food, and where do we give the least quality food to prisons? And then, uh, and then in schools, because once they get these contracts, these are frequently no-bid contracts or they're politically motivated contracts. You know someone yes. in a city council. It's so corrupt. And why is it that with all the good food we have in America, we can serve our schools healthy food in our prisons and reform schools the same? We have the, we have the knowledge, we have the science, but we don't have the body politic. Could you mention some of the fast food chains that have some of the and some of the vendors who for whatever reason and I don't know their motives I could guess but it would just be a guess uh, are not giving the best highest quality ingredients to the different vendors so when the public whether it's a school kid or a person buying a fast food meal in a restaurant they're not getting something that's nutritionally viable Yes, well, the, the top 10 I have right in front of me are McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, Subway, Burger King, Domino's, Wendy's, Dunkin' Donuts, Chipotle, and Taco Bell. Um, and Panera Bread, it's not in the top 10, but they have the highest level of glyphosate. And they claim to be the wholesome, clean, you know, um, brand. And they have made a lot of changes, and we applaud them for that. But their wheat is obviously coming from sources of uh, suppliers who use glyphosate as a drying agent. And uh, we will be having a petition ready together uh, very soon that people can use to contact Panera Bread and ask them to please switch out their, you know, their ingredients to be uh, sourced from farmers who do not use glyphosate and or any other toxic chemicals as a drying agent. We simply do not need these toxic chemicals as drying agents. And, and just so your listeners uh, can be aware of it, mostly glyphosate is sprayed on GMOs uh, for, or has been uh, historically, that are genetically engineered to withstand glyphosate, otherwise known as Roundup. There's many different brands, but they're glyphosate herbicides. And uh, that's because it kills the weeds, but doesn't kill the crop, like GMO soy and corn and canola, that type of thing. So glyphosate has been sprayed on GMO crops now for 30 something years. But they were also in the past maybe 15, 20 years allowed to spray glyphosate as a drying agent on wheat and peas and beans and corn and soy, um, barley, and barley and hops that are used in beer. So glyphosate residues are being found at very high levels because it's sprayed just before harvest, like a week or two before harvest. And the problem is we're not Roundup ready, Gary, right? We, we consume that glyphosate and, um, and so Companies like Panera Bread and Subway that use a lot of bread, obviously, and bread is a very large portion of the food item that you're going to be consuming, um, are, are inadvertently or knowingly uh, poisoning Americans with glyphosate at the highest levels that you could possibly consume in fast food brands. And unfortunately, glyphosate is also found in pizza bread, you know, pizza dough. And we found in, in uh, Pizza Hut pizza that glyphosate was in you know in the um in the dough uh in dominoes there was less or none at all actually i think was, there was much less glyphosate found in the gluten-free version by the way so that that was interesting we'd like to do more gluten-free testing to confirm that across the board but um but in dom in the pizza hut pizza the pizza that was just cheese and pepperoni uh, had glyphosate in it but had no harmful pesticides detected and the sample that was, you know, a, a wheat pizza dough had glyphosate, but it, the one that was vegetable topped had 21 parts per billion of different harmful pesticides. So it was the vegetables that was bringing in the harmful pesticides. And this is what, because they're not organic. If they were organic, they most likely would not have any harmful pesticides. Uh, but the, the non-organic fruits and vegetables, we found the fruits in the school lunches as well 
high, very high in pesticides. And the non-organic vegetables are the ones that are in increasing human exposure and uh, consumption of harmful pesticides. And some of these harmful pesticides can be just as harmful as glyphosate. It's just in different ways. They can be more toxic. Um, they can you know, cause nervous system damage, brain damage, all kinds of things. And so we are extremely concerned about health coaches and doctors and people continuing to say, eat your fruits and vegetables to be healthy. That is not true, folks. It has to say, they have to say, eat your organic fruits and vegetables in order to be healthy. Because otherwise, according to Charles Benbrook's study from Heartland Health Research Alliance, uh, we are consuming 98% more harmful pesticides. If he, what they found was that, that human beings only switched their fruits and vegetables to organic. They didn't, never mind the glyphosate for a moment and the, you know, the dairy and the meat and the eggs and all that, just their fruits and vegetables, if they switch those to organic, they would eliminate 98% of their consumption of harmful pesticides. So Moms Across America is very focused on two things. One, stop allowing the spraying of glyphosate as a drying agent on our wheat crops and peas and beans and legumes and chickpeas and oats, very high levels of glyphosate on those foods uh, if they're not organic. And of course, all toxic pesticides, not not just glyphosate. We don't want them to switch to dicomber or 2,4-D, right? No toxic spraying. And, and that can be achieved by going regenerative organic, by farming regenerative organically. There are thousands of farmers that are now doing that. And number two, stop allowing poison on our fruits and vegetables. You know okay. Well, there you have it. Really good information and accurate. So for those of you who know people who eat junk foods occasionally or often, you're loading up the body with forever chemicals that are going to block processes and create chronic 24-7 inflammation and inflammatory responses, the number one cause of all diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. You've got the inflammatory action, healthy, local, uh, organic plant-based diet with juices and proper supplementation turns off the inflammation and actually stimulates the healing process. We're going to have to say goodbye to our WBA audience because we're coming up to their news. We're going to continue up to the top of the hour at prn.live. Now, if you'd like to call in and share your comments on any of the things we played yesterday and today, and a, a second hour, which we loaded up, didn't play, but it's on the archives, give us a call at 888-874-4888. That's 888-874-4888. I'm going to spend some time, until we get some calls, giving you some positive solutions to what I believe could help us with the Middle East conflict, because clearly what we've been doing hasn't been working. A friend of mine, his name is Gary, a quiet person, he wants to see healing, as we all should, between Israel and the Arab nations, starting with Palestine. But you won't see Palestine mentioned. In fact, on a recent UN visit, um, the Prime Minister Netanyahu showed a map that the Gaza and the West Bank didn't exist. Everything that they can do, they have done to cause conflict. A small group of people, because the average person wants to see peace. I mean, who doesn't? Think of that for a moment. If you had a choice of being in chronic conflict, where the Jewish population is always worried about having Hamas lava a rocket or assassination or a bomb, who wants to live in that environment? At the same time, as the guest said yesterday, or as Abby Martin said, just 20 minutes away from killings in the killing fields of a peaceful demonstration, nonviolent demonstration by the Palestinians seeking the right of return, which they've not been allowed. Uh, there were people sunning on the beach, going to nightclubs, shopping. You wouldn't know that you were not in, you know, New York City or, or Los Angeles. But then you go and here's a giant camp. It's, it's, it's not working. It hasn't worked. Unless you're willing to acknowledge that those four plus million people between the West Bank and Gaza don't count. They're animals, they're subhuman, they're Palestinian, they're Arabs, they're Muslims. So why even give them the benefit of a doubt? And that is the mindset of the most radical, extremely far right wing neocons 
have controlled, with one exception, actually two exceptions, some prime ministers, and one of those individuals was assassinated by one, by Kahani, one of the most, he would be like a, in my opinion, a Sean Hannity ideologue, absolutely believing what he believes and doesn't want to see anything that challenges it. And because uh, all the guests he has on are guests that support his, like he's always interviewing a guest, doing all the talking rhetorically, asks a question, then he answers the question, gives the guest a chance, or do you believe that? And the person says yes or no. <clears throat> that's not a proper interview. And it seems his audience doesn't mind, and that's their business. But if you want to have peace in the Middle East, you have to start by asking, what would it look like? Well, and how easy would it be? Why don't you take a look at all the major Arab cities, all the Muslim cities, go to the Sudan, go to Khartoum, um, and look to see what a modern African metropolis could look like. It looks like New York, with some buildings that are more beautiful than anything you'll find here. Look at Dubai, look at Abu Dhabi. Look at all these wonderful cities, though they were built with slave labor, and that doesn't, that is not added into the equation, and it should be. But you can rebuild the West Bank and Gaza as a modern-day metropolis, providing that you take down the walls, you open up the ocean, because they have the resources there. So now, then you bring in the billions of dollars, which is nothing, that's chump chains, to Kuwait and to, well, Kuwait's more aligned with the United States. You don't hear anything about them, but the United Arab Emirates and Qatar and uh, Saudi Arabia, with less than one hundredth of one percent, they could rebuild all this to give quality of life. Industries would come in, and that's what my friend Jerry, uh, Gary was doing. He was getting it so that important historical icons that the Vatican held and that Israel held were exchanged. And he did that. No publicity. He just did it. He was friends with like four popes. And he could meet privately with the pope. He was that respected because he was there as a true emissary of peace by creating the environment for prosperity in both countries. And then bring in people who were peacemakers. And who do we bring in? Every single person we bring in that Clinton brought in, like Gloria Newland, these are warmongers. Now, right now, who's making all the money? Well, the U.S. billionaires and their corporate profiteers are enabling Iraq, or Israel's war in Gaza. They're making just now, and we don't know the exact number killed, but it's well north of 10,000 and over uh, 5,000 children killed. And that doesn't seem to bother them. In fact, if you had a million dead Palestinian children, it wouldn't cause any of these military-industrial types or the neocons that control all of Washington, D.C. to care at all. But they've, they've funded $14.3 billion for Israel. Where's that going to go? To help the citizens of Israel? Absolutely not. To rebuild their infrastructure? No. no to make it more sustainable so they don't have to constantly be asking for money from the United States after we've given $330 billion? No. But if you gave money to build industries, so everyone has a good job, everyone has a standard of living, that, that, then where is there a desire for, for vengeance? You will always have the never-do-wells, you will always have the extremists in every group, but they wouldn't be the majority. And then you bring in international, known peace advocates who establish by the rule of law in both countries, the dominance in the power structure. So in effect, you have overseers saying that you can't do this illegal uh, work anymore. You have to play it honestly. Can you have peace? Yes. Would it be difficult? No, it wouldn't. Would people want to live in, in, in just prosperity? and know that they're not going to have to go to bed at night worrying about someone killing them. But you have people in power who don't want that. And the world keeps supporting the people in power and not the victims on either side. And that's wrong. So we have solutions that are simple and easy and could be done relatively quickly. But we're not allowing it because a few people, a tiny percentage, doesn't want it. 
whether it's religious, ideological, or political, or financial reasons, they don't want it. So isn't it time we stop funding anything that can contribute to war, isolation, apartheid? Isn't it time we started bringing the people of Palestine who are peacemakers, and there are many peacemakers within the, uh, within the community, the Arab community, the Muslim community, and let them be the architects of a new beginning. So, just a suggestion. That's all the time we have for today. And tonight we have a powerful guest, one of the smartest men in America. And uh, he is going to teach us about what it's like. MD, PhD, scientist, developed all the technology for the, uh, for the vaccine. He took the vaccine, he and his wife. But then he had an awakening. And then his awakening led him to speak out. And speaking out led him to be on the front page of the New York Times as one of the 12 people sharing disinformation. No, it was the New York Times sharing disinformation. And Howard Stearns and the other people saying, get your vaccine. So you're going to hear from him tonight. His name is Dr. Robert Malone, 7 p.m. That's an interview you don't want to miss. Have a nice day, everyone.